Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. The cranial nerves that have specific, direct, and important roles in dentistry are cranial nerve number five, the trigeminal nerve, cranial nerve number seven, the facial nerve, cranial nerve number nine, the glossopharyngeal, and cranial nerve number 12, the hypoglossal. It's important in dentistry because it helps you have success in your pain management of your patient and in patient management. We are going to take a closer look in this episode at the trigeminal nerve. As you're learning about these cranial nerves, what I want you to visualize in your mind is a brand new tree that you just had delivered to your house that you're about to plant. The root ball at the bottom of the plant is the brainstem. And so these cranial nerves come out of the brainstem. The trunk of the tree is the main area where the ganglion would be located. And then as the branches come off, these main branches are larger, and then they develop into smaller branches. Each one of these main branches, if you were to look up that branch on the tree and see all the tiny little branches, that would be a plexus of nerves. So we're going to be talking about a dental plexus, we'll be talking about the ganglion, and we'll be talking about all these different root trunks, as well as where these nerves come from on the brainstem. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! The trigeminal nerve, cranial nerve number five, is a mix of afferent and afferent nerves. There are three major branches associated with the trigeminal nerve. V1 is the ophthalmic branch, and this is the most superior branch, and it is completely sensory. V2 is the maxillary branch, and this is also sensory. And V3 is the mandibular branch. This branch is a mix of sensory and motor function. The trigeminal ganglion is a bulge in the root located in proximity to the brainstem. The trigeminal ganglion rests right in the fossa on either side of the pituitary fossa. This is also called Meckel's cavity or a trigeminal cave. This cavity is a pouch that houses the trigeminal ganglion. Now, as a review, cranial nerve number five arises from the pons area of the brainstem, and it branches just in front of that trigeminal ganglion into three branches. The ophthalmic nerve, which is the most superior branch of the trigeminal nerve, known as V1. Now, after arising from the trigeminal ganglion, the ophthalmic nerve travels to the cavernous sinus and exits the cranium 
through the superior orbital fissure, where it divides into three main branches. The three branches are the frontal, the lacrimal, and the nasociliary. Now, these three nerves provide sensory innervation to the skin and mucous membranes in this region. The frontal nerve divides again into two smaller branches, and it runs above the eyeball and passes through the supraorbital foramen, or notch, and it divides into the supraorbital nerve and the supratrochlear nerve. Now, this nerve supplies the supraorbital area, the forehead, the anterior scalp, the bridge of the nose, the medial part of the upper eyelid, and the forehead. The lacrimal nerve gives innervation to the upper eyelid, the conjunctiva, and the lacrimal gland. The nasociliary nerve and branches give innervation to the eyelids, the side of the nose, the eyeball, the nasal cavity, and the paranasal sinuses. There is little dental significance with these branches, but you could have some side effects if local anesthesia is given incorrectly in this area. Let's take a look at V2, the maxillary division of cranial nerve number five. Now, the maxillary division of cranial nerve number five is the second branch of the trigeminal nerve that branches off just in front of that trigeminal ganglion. The primary function of this branch is sensory to the middle third of the face. Now, after arising from that trigeminal ganglion, the maxillary nerve passes through the cavernous sinus and exits the skull by way of the foramen rotundum. The nerve then exits into the pterygopalatine fossa, and this area is just behind the orbit and underneath the zygomatic arch right at the top of the lateral pterygoid process. The passage of this nerve happens in the area of the nerve that connects the pterygopalatine ganglion, and this is for the parasympathetic fibers in that pterygopalatine fossa. That ganglion is located just behind and below the eye in the area at the top of the lateral pterygoid plates of the sphenoid bone. What happens is this connects with the pterygopalatine ganglion, which is within that pterygopalatine fossa. This is a relay station for efferent nerve impulses, the parasympathetic fibers of cranial nerve number seven. This is involved with the maxillary branch of cranial nerve number five and the facial nerve, cranial nerve number seven. It sends sensory impulses and they pass through, but they do not synapse. The zygomatic nerve and branches carry afferent sensations from the skin, the cheek, and the temple. The maxillary branch then gives rise to many smaller branches, which include the middle meningeal nerve, the superior alveolar nerve, which includes the posterior, middle, and anterior, the infraorbital, the zygomatic, the superior labial, the pharyngeal, the greater and lesser palatine, and the nasopalatine nerves. This terminal branch innervates the skin, the mucous membranes, and areas of the sinus and the lower eyelid. I just want to highlight some of the important dental branches of cranial nerve 5-2, the maxillary branch. The infraorbital nerve, the IO, 
the anterior superior alveolar nerve, also known as the ASA, the middle superior alveolar nerve, known as the MSA, and the posterior superior alveolar nerve, known as the PSA. The greater and lesser palatine nerves and the nasopalatine nerve. These are all branches that you will be discovering and anesthetizing when you take local anesthesia. So let's just define what a dental plexus is because you're going to be needing to understand this when you take local anesthesia. So a dental plexus is where the small nerves extend into a region and branch off into small, tiny nerve endings. So they extend into the roots of the teeth, the gingiva, the periodontium, the interdental areas, and even the interradicular areas. The dental plexus is considered a nerve network for the region. So you would have a maxillary dental plexus and a mandibular dental plexus. So it's this network of small nerves that extend into all the different areas of a region. Let's take a look at each one of these individual important nerve branches of the cranial nerve number five, V2. So the infraorbital nerve, the IO, passes through the pterygopalatine fossa, travels through the inferior orbital fissure or the floor of the orbit, flows through that inferior orbital canal through the inferior orbital foramen. It provides afferent sensation to the upper lip premolar region forward to the anterior medial portion of the cheek. It also provides sensory innervation to the lower eyelid and the side of the nose. The anterior superior alveolar nerve, the ASA, branches off of the IO in the infraorbital canal. These small branches run along the anterior wall of the maxillary sinus, and they innervate the anterior region. There is a possibility that there's crossover at the midline of the face with this nerve. The ASA provides sensation of the dental plexus for the maxillary central incisors, the maxillary lateral incisor, the maxillary canine, the periodontium, and the buccal tissue for this region. The middle superior alveolar nerve, also known as the MSA, branches off the IO in the middle region of the IO fissure. It runs on the lateral wall of the maxillary sinus and it innervates the sensation for the maxillary premolar region. It's important to know that the MSA provides sensation of the dental plexus that includes the maxillary premolar teeth and the maxillary mesial buccal root of the first molar, along with the periodontium and the buccal gingiva. There are times when this nerve is not present, and if that is the case in the anatomy of your patient, those teeth and areas are innervated mainly by the ASA branch. The posterior superior alveolar nerve, also known as the PSA, has internal and external branches. The external branch branches off the pterygopalatine fossa 
and runs along the posterior lateral wall of the maxillary sinus. It's in the area of the maxillary tuberosity. The internal branch passes through several posterior superior alveolar foramen and it's located on the maxillary tuberosity, right above the root tips for the third molars. The sensation of the dental plexus for the PSA includes the maxillary distal root of the first molar, the maxillary second and third molars, the periodontium and buccal gingiva, and part of the maxillary sinus. The pterygopalatine ganglion gives rise to the greater palatine nerve, which passes through the pterygopalatine canal to the greater palatine foramen, which as you remember is located on the hard palate. This nerve is located kind of near the root of the second molar, but is sometimes noted between the second and the third molar. And you should be able to palpate this on your patient's palate to locate the foramen, and then you will know where that nerve exits from the hard palate. The greater palatine nerve provides sensory innervation for the posterior portion of the hard palate and the lingual gingiva of the maxillary posterior teeth. The lesser palatine nerve follows the same passage as the greater palatine nerve, except it enters the lesser palatine foramen. It's close to the pterygoid processes near the hamulus, and it carries sensation for the soft palate and the palatine tonsil. The nasopalatine nerve travels along the right and left nasal septum and enters the incisive canal which travels to the floor of the nasal cavity. And this enters through the incisive or nasopalatine foramen. Remember, some things have more than one name. The sensation associated with the nasopalatine nerve is the anterior hard palate and the lingual gingiva of the maxillary anterior teeth. There is communication with the greater palatine nerve and the nasopalatine nerve. And remember, you have right and left nasopalatine nerves. The third branch or third division of cranial nerve number five is V3, the mandibular division. And this branch is the largest of the three branches. It has a mix of both motor and sensory nerve innervation. It does connect with V2 right at that trigeminal ganglion. And there is a passageway through the foramen ovale. The three major branches that branch off of the mandibular division of cranial nerve 5 are the anterior, the muscular, and the posterior. So let's go through those three major branches. The anterior contains the buccal, or also called the long buccal. The muscular has the deep temporal, the mesoteric, and the lateral pterygoid. The posterior branch has the auricular temporal, the lingual, and the inferior alveolar. Let's take a closer look at these different branches. So the anterior division, which contains the buccal nerve or the long buccal nerve, this is a sensory afferent nerve, and it passes from the foramen ovale between the two heads of the lateral pterygoid muscles and crosses the anterior border of the ramus 
to the surface of the buccinator muscle. The buccal nerve carries sensations for the cheek, the buccal gingiva of the mandibular molars, and the buccal mucosa. It absolutely has nothing to do with the muscle. It is only sensation for these areas. So think about how that is helpful for you when you're delivering local anesthesia. You may need to anesthetize the buccal gingiva of the mandibular molars. So the buccal nerve would be the one that you would select to anesthetize. Next, let's talk about the muscular branches. And this branch supplies the muscles of mastication. It is a motor efferent nerve. And think about what muscles this includes. There are four muscles involved with the muscles of mastication that are included in this muscular branch. The masseter muscle, the medial pterygoid, the lateral pterygoid, and the temporalis muscle. Next is the deep temporal nerve, and this is an efferent nerve. It turns upward behind that lateral pterygoid over the sphenoid bone and enters deep into the temporalis area and innervates the temporalis muscle. The mesoteric nerve is an efferent and afferent nerve. The passage for this particular nerve it turns downward behind the lateral pterygoid through the mandibular notch and continues towards the masseter muscle. A small branch moves towards the TMJ as a sensory nerve, and the rest of it innervates the masseter muscle and sensory innervation to the TMJ. The next muscular branch that I'd like to discuss is the lateral pterygoid nerve. This is a motor efferent nerve. And this has a very short distance to go. It's a very short pass and it, it almost immediately enters the lateral pterygoid muscle. It innervates the lateral pterygoid muscle and the TMJ area. The lingual nerve is located deep to the lateral pterygoid muscle. And it's actually joined by the corda tympani nerve, which is part of cranial nerve seven, the facial nerve and it descends down along the mandible to reach the tongue. It actually lies between the muscles of the tongue and the submandibular gland, and it ascends towards the tip of the tongue. The lingual nerve provides sensory information for the floor of the mouth, the mandibular lingual gingiva, and general sensation uh, of the anterior two-thirds of the tongue. The nerve communicates with the submandibular ganglion, which is located in the deep lobe of the submandibular salivary gland. And there are parasympathetic afferent fibers for that sublingual and submandibular salivary gland that arise from the facial nerve, corda tympani. These fibers travel with the lingual nerve fibers. The two nerves communicate through the ganglion, the lingual and the corda tympani which, as I said, the lingual is part of cranial nerve 5 and the corda tympani is part of cranial nerve 7, and they run together. So there is a communication through the ganglion for these two nerves. The last posterior branch to discuss is the inferior alveolar nerve branch. This is an afferent nerve, which has two branches off of it, the mental nerve and the incisive nerve.
The inferior alveolar nerve passes between the sphenomandibular ligament and the ramus. The nerve branches pass through the mandibular foramen and enters the mandibular canal. Now, the mylohyoid nerve does not enter the canal. The inferior alveolar nerve runs along the internal surface of the mandible. It is sensory and afferent to all the mandibular teeth within the dental plexus. There are some situations to keep in mind with the inferior alveolar nerve. There can be bifurcation internally within the mandible. There could be two mandibular foramen and have two mandibular canals, and this can happen on either one side or bilaterally. This can cause lots of challenges when you're giving local anesthesia. The mental nerve follows the same pathway as the inferior alveolar nerve and passes through the mental foramen onto the area of the chin. The mental nerve carries sensation for the chin, the lower lip, and the labial mucosa of the mandibular anterior teeth. The incisive nerve branches off the mental nerve just posterior to the mental foramen. It doesn't exit the canal, but continues in the canal. And the incisive nerve carries sensation to the mandibular anterior teeth, the periodontium, and the buccal gingiva. There is crossover at the midline for this nerve. The last nerve to discuss is the mylohyoid nerve. And this is the motor branch that comes off of the inferior alveolar nerve. This supplies the mylohyoid muscle and the anterior belly of the digastric muscle. Thanks for joining me today. In our next episode, we will be taking a look at cranial nerve number 7, 9, and 12, the remaining nerves to focus on for the oral cavity. I hope you join me. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast. Thank you.